all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? All right, when you are ready, Maestro. Should we do a test first, or are we, we're pretty much good? I think we're okay, because okay. we literally just recorded a whole bunch. All right. <clears throat> Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> Very cute. I'm David. I'm Rachel. And this is All Bad Things. Reverse edition. Yes. End of 2018. Our dear listeners know when I begin the episode, mm-hmm. hopefully they know at this point, I'm sure a lot of them are like, oh, it's him again. And just don't listen. <laughs> oh, it's but even, the unfunny one. But even those people know that when they hear my voice first, it's a reverse bad thing. That's right. And this uh, topic that we have tonight for New Year's Eve yes, is kind of a reverse bad thing. I mean, it's bad. Mm-hmm. But it's not as bad as some of our bad things. No. Gotcha. Yes. Um, I have managed for, I think, the first time to not know what you're doing. Usually, it's tricky to keep it a secret because you send it to me to print at work. Yes, I do. It's okay that I print it at work because it's my own money. But then the IRS might hear that I'm using my ink for person. Any, anyway. Um, <laughs> Moving on. I actually didn't care that I was... I would prefer that I was using another company's ink. Trust me, because I printed a shit ton at my old job. Don't care who knows that now, because they fucking laid me off. (laughs) And also, this is my second beer of the evening. Have we discussed that? This is our first double recording night. Yes, it is. This is, we are recording this um, well before the new year. This is uh, December 12th. 12th, 12th. Yep. So we just recorded our Christmas Eve episode. Hopefully everyone enjoyed, enjoyed my Christmas poem. I certainly did. Thank you. I'm positive everybody did as well. Thank you. Um, so I'll stop now. You can take leave. Okay, on this. That's okay. <laughs> um, of course, uh, follow us on all of the social meds. Got that the last episode. It's okay. Insta, Twitter, Facebook, at AllBadThingsPod, and at AllBadThingsPod at gmail.com. Yes, and technically .com, but our website sucks. Yeah, and I... We'll figure it out at some point. To be honest, I can't tell you the last time I went to our website, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't yeah. expect anybody else to. Yeah. I check in on our on our social meds. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. We're active on the social meds. Yes, we are. We respond always. Yeah, we always, we always respond. respond because there are only generally three people giving us feedback. Yeah, but pretty much. we respond to those three people. And we love those three people. Yes, we do. We love all our listeners. You guys are very sweet, very nice, and have great suggestions. There will be many new su- many suggestions coming in the new year that we'll cover for sure. That we will also record. Yes. Yes. Do you know that um, I was looking at my spreadsheet today, and we have over 250 disasters on the spreadsheet. Now, that is including what we've already covered. Sure, but still, so there's, still there's a long lot. ways to go. Yeah, and that's just like barely scratching the surface. Um, yeah. Our listener, Elena told me uh an episode this or not an episode a topic this week um that was literally a phenomenon i have never heard about a natural disaster 
type or category I had literally never heard of. Really? So yeah. So just a little tease. We'll we'll get to get to that in the new year at some All point. Right. I'm curious about that one. Mm-hmm. So for our New Year's Eve edition, mm-hmm. I figured let's let's uh, go out with a little bit of fun. Keep it a little light. Yeah. Keep it a little light. Yeah, I and, think that's uh, a good idea. Of course, always uh, no cutting while you're listening to our episodes. <laughs> well, and um, 2018. I don't know. Politically, it's been a challenging year for most. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a crazy year. Oh my goodness. Yeah, we we are we are living in interesting times, to say the least. You know what's so funny though? Like, I'm pretty sure every single generation has said that since probably the beginning of time. The Crusades sure. were an, <laughs> an yeah. interesting time. It was pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, the Middle Ages, having, the having Dark your, Ages. Having your whole village murdered all of a sudden is probably pretty Black interesting. Black Plague was interesting times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 9-11 was interesting <laughs> times. <laughs> Inside joke. But. Yes. But still, uh, speaking of 9-11. 9-11. Uh, <laughs> most... Most of the children that were born just before or just after that are about to graduate high school. Mm-hmm. That is really, I don't know how that happened. People who have zero recollection of life before yeah. September 11th um, are, yep, are, are tr- becoming adults, voting and... Yeah. Lord help us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty proud. I'm alternately like heartened and disheartened by the Gen Z because they're the they're the Parkland generation. I yes, mean, they're they kind of kicking the, ass in some pretty amazing yeah. ways. And then they're also um, the vapid social media people. So it kind of, but the, every generation well, has the honorable there's, there's, and the dishonorable. There's, there's good and bad with every generation. Exactly. And we are officially fucking old as fuck for talking about these kids today. Why don't you tell us about it? I will. Uh, no, that's okay. I, I'll let you speak for yourself on that one. <laughs> I am a young. Hey. I am a young man who's eight years older than me. <laughs> All but four weeks. I was going to say. Year. I was going to say coming up. I won't be for that's four weeks. That's true. <laughs> oh, hey, my birthday is in one week from real time when we're recording, not from the release date, and yours is in five. Mm-hmm. How yes. Old, I will be thirty-four. How old will you be? I'll be uh, thirty-five. <laughs> and on to tonight's topic. <laughs> No, I, I will be 42. But, it. I, but I feel young. Yeah. I feel good. You're for the very young at heart. No. I'm clearly... How... how what's the percentage on these? I'm not sure. It's, I'm going to guess it's like 6%. Maybe. I don't think it's that much. Yeah, it's just a porters. Port. It's not listed. I no. hate it when they don't list. My Miller Lite is... See, it is a 6%. See, I told you. Okay. My Miller Lite is a 4.5%. <laughs> My national local beer. Please sponsor us, Miller Lite. I scoff at that. <laughs> anyway, anywho, yes. uh, happy new year, everyone. Happy new year. And on to, on to a little bit of fun, as I stated earlier. Yes. So, on July 12th, 1979, hmm. the Chicago White Sox Baseball Club held a promotional event between the first and second games of a doubleheader, which was promoted as... Disco Demolition uh. Night. Have you heard about this? I was going to say, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's fairly famous and it's, yes, it is. I think it certainly qualifies. So is the title of this episode Disco Demolition Night? Yes. Yay. Yes. Oh, this is fun. Yes. 
It is fun because I like this. There are zero deaths in this episode. That's that's good. Yes, I had not recalled um, that. But there was there was property damage. There yes. were arrests. There were injuries. <laughs> so to me, that counts. that qualifies as a bad thing. Plus, there's um, death just to disco involved. <laughs> we'll get into that. <laughs> so the purpose of the event was to blow up a crate filled with disco <laughs> records to the to the delight of the non-disco loving fans in attendance in what has come to be known as one of the worst promotional events in sports history. Do you get into disco music? I do. Okay, yes. good. I have so many comments. First, oh, I've got plenty myself. <laughs> uh, first, just a, a brief history on sports promotions because that's... Oh, okay. That's a good, that's a good tack to take. It's the reason this whole thing is happening. Yes. So sports promotions are pretty much about as old as sports themselves. Okay. Um, the earliest known sports promotions uh, occurred way back in the late 1800s during baseball games. And now, quick question. Yes. In United States professional sport, mm-hmm. is baseball the oldest? Yes. Well... North American lacrosse actually is the oldest really? lo- known sport. But yes. by North American, do you mean Canadian? Uh, no, it was there's happening like internationally. It was happening before there was a Canada in the United States, but still. Oh, I gotcha. But as far as the wow. United States, our mm-hmm. oldest sport it's pretty baseball. much is baseball, our hence, oldest professional sport. Hence the American pastime moniker. Yeah, well, I mean, baseball literally goes back to just before the Civil War, so wow, that's how old of a game it is. And then basketball was like late eighteen hundreds or something, right? Yes, Naismith. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think eighteen ninety eight. I want to say okay, but I'm not positive on that. Uh, I'm not a big basketball fan. I live yeah. in the worst part of the country. <laughs> that's right. To not be a big bas- that's basketball right. fan. Because we are in College Central, we especially on, we are, ACC we are in t- We are on Tobacco Road. We, yeah. live, we live by Tobacco Road. That's very true. So That's very true. Or Tobacco I, Trail. And, but, I could, yeah. and I could give a shit <laughs> about <laughs> basketball. Yeah, we have the big uh, Duke, UNC, NC State are all uh, very nearby. So... Yeah. yeah. Anytime mm-hmm. Duke and North Carolina play each other, mm-hmm. it's on national TV. So. And you might be going to a Duke game. I might. In. Uh, um, but we'll. January. We'll keep that on the on the down low. Uh oh. A, a certain party doesn't know yet. Does he listen? I don't. I don't think so. But anyway. You know what? I'm <laughs> now everyone about. who listens is going to be in me. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't listen. Whatever. He or she or she. Or who? No. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So. Any professional sporting event you attend, I'm talking single-A baseball, mm-hmm. minor league hockey, NHL, mm-hmm. NBA, any sporting event you attend has a promotion of some type or... Like now? Yes, Or absolutely. dozens of them going on at the same yes. time. They're constantly handing out, like, random tchotchkes, like uh, plastic sunglasses oh, yeah. like or the, banners. Like, or... The, the classics are bobbleheads. Yes. Free uh-huh. tickets. Uh, player signed mm-hmm. merchandise. Oh well, that's um, those are nice. That's nice shit. It is, but they give those out. Yeah. Occasionally, uh, free T-shirts obviously yes. is a the big t-shirt one. The T-shirt cannon, mm-hmm. of which and there the, are many uh, tragedies. And at uh, PNC Arena, the T-shirt parachutes. Oh, that's right. They drop yes. it from the catwalks. Yeah. So, uh, fun fact: mm. the first time the Star Spangled Banner mm-hmm. was played at a sporting event was Game 1 of the 1918 World Series during the 7th inning stretch. 
Okay, so that goes 100 years back. Mm -hmm. It was done so as a military promotion for our troops who had just began fighting in World World War War I. I. So interesting that the very first time the Star Spangled Banner, because it was played before at military funerals and things like that. Right, right. And like swearing in ceremonies. Ceremonies. Yes. But for a sporting event, uh, it was originally done just as a promotion, Mm -hmm. just to get people. You know, on their feet and going, and and, and it worked. Yeah, it sure did. And we won't get into my feelings on um, the national anthem. No, we won't. (laughs) (laughs) Because we we share the same feelings, and that's that's a whole that's a whole different show. Mm -hmm. That's 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 our that's our that's our yeah that's our political show called All Bad Ideas. (laughs) There you go. Which we haven't started. That's good. That's a good title. Thank you. I'll get it right on there. (laughs) All right. So, um, as you were curious about before, a little a little history of nice. the discotheque or disco music or... Oh, discotheque, yes. Yes, well, that's where you go and listen to disco music. Yes. Yes, the discotheque. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to stop. <laughs> so, in the late 1970s, a dance-oriented style of music known as disco became very popular in the United States. Disco can be seen as a reaction to the dominance of counterculture rock music of the late 60s and early 70s, and which, ironically, would spawn a countercultural music reaction of its own, being punk rock and and hard rock, heavy metal. So, when I was... um I, I went to school for music initially. Music and accounting. You know, those um, very synergetic... The path everybody takes. And... Uh, I did... I wanted to learn two more different languages, <laughs> which is essentially what music and accounting yeah. kind of are. And I, so I got my associates in music, and I took all my very sight-singing, composition, less, like piano lessons, all that stuff, and because piano was my primary instrument, and I took music history, which was a requisite. Um, and I remember my... Uh, my professor, he was also a professor at UM. His name is Eugene Greco. I wonder if he's still around. He was a little on the older side, but maybe I just thought he was older because I was younger. Anyway, <laughs> um, he talked about the idea of the um, Apollonian and the, and the Dionysian. Okay. The idea was, and it, this was reflected in music literally throughout time, um, but just in culture in general, the idea that there was... Um, I think Apollonian was the more austere and the Dionysian was the more, like, reveling. All I know is uh, Apollonia was a backup singer for Prince at one yes, point. Yes, I know. <laughs> I'm aware of that. Um, oh, God, what's that song that, like, if Prince likes Apollonia? I'm not aware of that oh. one. Oh, 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 it's um Stronger by Kanye West. Why don't it's, you purify yourself? Girl, I, I've got to get on, like Princess Lake on Apollonia. This is so devolved. Um, he was from Minnesota. <laughs> yes, he that's was. why he talked about Minnetonka. Yeah, that's interesting. This is you have no such idea of the scene episode. that I was referencing. <laughs> no, I don't. I never saw Purple Rain. Is that what it was in? Yes. Okay. Um, but anyway, he makes her get naked and jump into the lake. That's that's what he's talking about. <laughs> Purifying herself in the in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. That's how much I've been on ya. Okay. Anyway, but anyway, his thesis statement <laughs> was that, you know, shit shifts in culture from like being... Shit shifts? <laughs> from being super straight-laced to being like all about, woo, partying. And that's reflected in music. And that Absolutely. is... Absolutely, yes. Th- that was like... 
music has always been a push and pull. It happened in the mid to late nineties with um, kind of popular sounding it constantly. Yes, with popular sounding yeah. hard rock and with the return of boy bands. It always goes from like basically pop to pu- like hardcore yes. punk or hipster. We don't give a shit or anarchist. Now I don't know where the fuck it's going, but that's yeah. that's also that's our uh, all bad music podcast. It also we, makes you sound old. Yes, it does. So, but I will I will take credit for sounding like that. Um, yes, continue. I do have another anecdote, but obviously because it's about music. No, I see. <laughs> the music trend became popular in the New York City and Philadelphia area before mm-hmm. eventually reaching the masses of America. Wasn't Soul Train out of Philly, or is that just? Me? I think that was probably out of New York City. Probably, I don't know. Hmm. Um, one of the highest-grossing movies of the 1970s. Saturday. Exactly. Was credited for the success and popularity of the music genre, which produced such hit acts as... The Bee Gees. Yep. Donna Summer, mm-hmm. Gloria Gaynor, and the Village People, among others. Okay. Name them one at a time and pause in between. Donna Summer. Looking for some hot stuff. The Bee Gees. How deep is your love? How deep is your love? Gloria Gaynor. At first I was afraid. I was petrified. And the village people. It's fun to stay at the YMCA. Every song, um, my girlfriend in high school got me the best of the village people CD (laughs) as like a gag gift for for Christmas. For Christmas. Every song, I'm not kidding. Every Uh song sounded with the snare drum going like... Like it, that, it, it started like, the same exact yes, same way. the exact way. same way on every, just a, and then they the, would get into the dance part of the song. Oh, what's the, the body? What's, oh God, what's the other really famous? I, I don't know. In the uh, Navy? village people. No, there's that, but then there's also. I, I, oh God, why am I blanking on the village people? Because it's a good idea to. But Let, they're let's, awesome. Let's move along. They're kind of fun. Okay. In our history of disco. Because okay. we want to get out of the history of disco because no, it's don't. a sad one. No, yes. it's kind of fun. It is kind of fun. It's horrible, but it's fun at the same time. That's the thing. Disco was an abomination, but it was yeah. also incredibly fun. The Vietnam War was over. People were done watching the news. People just wanted to fucking party, like just for a couple of years. And that's kind of they wanted to fuck and party. Yeah, they wanted to do all. They wanted to do whatever the whatever they wanted and to snort anything they possibly yeah. could. So I'm kind of glad I wasn't alive for that either. Very you were. Gl- very glad. No, but like as an as adult, an adult no. yeah. you weren't. You weren't a baby snorting cocaine. <laughs> I was thankfully. <laughs> Although I, I would never. I would, Here's a mental picture. I would, I would never know, would I? I guess not. <laughs> Mom, did you make me snort cocaine? <laughs> this is okay that we're sloppy because it's New Year's Eve. <laughs> yes, exactly. We're getting in the spirit. Yes. Even though it's not New Year's Eve for us, it we're making pretends, it our New Year's Eve. Yes. Yes. So get this. I couldn't believe this when I read it, and then mm-hmm. I went to um, uh, Billboard. To look oh, at something okay. else, and then I went to a Wikipedia ar- Wikipedia article. Uh, the disco genre would record fifty-one number one hit singles from just nineteen seventy-seven to nineteen seventy-nine alone. Well, see what that tells me 
is that that shit didn't stay at the top at number one very often. No. There was a high turnover. It basically has about the same lifespan as a boy li- lifespan yeah. as a boy band. Mm-hmm. You got three years. You got to put out as much as you can, and you got to rake in whatever cash you can yeah. because five years from your first record, mm-hmm. like no, nobody. They're on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Didn't Kiss do a disco album? <laughs> yes, yeah. they did. A lot of infamously, even Elton John did, and he still admits that he regrets it to this yeah. day because Elton John. I'm I'm a hit or miss on him. Uh-huh, yeah. But the one thing you can say about him is he's for the most part always done his own thing. Yeah. Like he has never really followed any trend. Yeah, and not and many this people is people dress up in duck suits and play the piano. But this is the one music trend that he was like, yeah, I, even I got caught up in it. I'm, I'm guessing it was because he was doing coke all the time. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, Queen did a di- Hot Space was their disco album. Yeah, you played but that for me. But it was more of a dance album. It was they yeah, actually it they had moved on a little bit yeah. past just disco. But it was a really risky album, and they got kind of reamed for it. Yeah, I mean, so. In just a three-year span, fifty-one number one hits. So that's yeah. basically a third of the time. Yeah. Like, and well, all, all it made me think well, of. You're saying fifty-one weeks. Num- oh, fifty-one weeks, weeks at number of, one. Okay, yes. gotcha. I thought you meant fifty-one different songs. I gotcha. Um, that's different. Yeah. So, uh, all that got me to thinking of, like, I don't really pay attention to modern music that much anymore. Mm-hmm. But all it got me to thinking, and maybe this already has happened, and I just don't know. But, like, pop country, if it had, like, all oh. of a sudden, like, this rush of just songs that you just heard at places and just couldn't get it's away close. from. It's very close. It's yeah. too close. Yeah. Anyway. Th- as far as, like, shitty music. Anyway, that was a trigger warning for me. Like, like <laughs> what, if, what if this happened for pop let's country, not, which is... Let's not no. think about uh, that. Uh, so, can I say my uh, anecdote? Yes. Now, so... Um, no, you cannot. <laughs> I am the now now music director again of a <laughs> um, volunteer band. I may have did I met, have I mentioned us before on this show? Anyway, I'm not sure. Um, I play bass, sing, and now I'm the music director again. I think we must have. Yeah, of a community band. Um, we're fifteen or sixteen pieces. I forget because there's so many of us. Um, what kind of bass guitar do you play? I play a. Uh, Epiphone? No, it's not an Epiphone. Do I have an Epiphone? Gibson. No. Shit, what do I have now? What'd you get me? It's a, it's a replica. Yeah, but, but no, but what's the name? It's an Epiphone. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Oh, I, I thought you were yeah. meaning the original. No, no, no. I it's a, it's a replica of, of Paul McCartney's Rickenbacker. No, yes. I know that. But it's just a three-quarter or whatever, you know, like the short I, scale. I messed that up. I was supposed Viola to be all, bass. all proud of myself. I, I, <laughs> couldn't okay. e- I couldn't even remember what guitar I bought. That's yeah. okay. <laughs> um, but we have, because we're a community band, you know, it's a bunch of different people from different walks of life. I'm the youngest member, which tells you how old we are. And my dad's also in the band. Playing Barry Sachs. If I was in the band, I would also be one of the youngest members. Yes, you would. You'd be the third youngest, yes, because April is um, the second youngest. Anyway, one of our... To give you an even better idea of the age of the band. Our oldest member is Walt... Walter. And he is... 72? No, he turned 75 this year. Oh, 75. Yes. No shit. So he is an amazing person. I love Walter. He um, is an African-American Southern gentleman who served in the U.S. Air Force. 
lives in Greensboro. Um, and Greensboro. He, yeah. He so desperately, he's got a great singing voice. He really does. He does. Um, but he desperately wants us to perform Disco Inferno. <laughs> Which, for anyone who doesn't know, is the burn, baby, burn, he can, baby, he can, he disco could, inferno. He could definitely do it, though. I can see him having we fun with that We already do one. September and boogie shoes. I feel mm. like we have given enough mm-hmm. quarter yes. to disco. Okay, I'm done. That was, that was my antidote. Uh, no quarter being one of my favorite Zeppelin songs ever. And, That's and, uh, and are, Tool covered yes, as well. Yes, they did, which we saw live. Yes, we did. Um, is there a story that we're covering? Yes, there is. I feel is. like I may have. There is. Yeah. You feel like you may have dragged us off topic. Yes. Okay. That's okay. It happens every episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's New Year's. We're allowed to inanely banter. Exactly. And I'm allowed to be almost done with my second 6% beer. There you go. So, um, what also happened in 1979 were two landmark rock albums. Mm-hmm. Being ACDC's Highway to Hell, which was the uh-huh. last album to feature Bon Scott. Oh, before he died, mm-hmm. yeah. But then they replaced him with Angus Young, who has mm-hmm. the same voice. Pretty much you wouldn't be able to, for the most I part. I cannot tell the difference. Yeah. I mean, you kind of can if you've listened to enough, but, you know, uh, if you just played a kid, a Bon Scott ACDC song in a... Uh, Back in Black came out after, yes. right? Okay. The next year, I think Back in Black was 80 or 81. Oh, wow. Okay. 81? Anyway, um, so Highway to Hell was the last album to feature uh, Bon Scott and Pink Floyd's The Wall. Oh, that's right. Came that, out in 1970. Talk about disco. You can hear a disco influence in The Wall. A little bit. Think about yes. um, the best years of our lives. Mm-hmm. Or not best years mm-hmm. of our lives. No, 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 no. What's happiest time? Shit, what's the name of the song? I don't know. That leads into part two. They Another Brick in the Wall. I we don't need know. no education. It's a... Um, <laughs> Cause after they come home at night, they're fat and psychopathic wives. See, I that was thinking, totally I was thinking of Young Lust was like the most disco sounding uh, song. Just that is pretty, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, got it's, it's got a disco. disco. But, it's but, got a it's got a dance beat. But to think it. of just an all, you're just a after all, not just an all. Another brick in the womb. boom, boom. On to the event. And you can see <laughs> how uh, on, you can see the on, funk. On, on to the I'm event talking. We're talking you about. can see <laughs> the funk influence because a lot of dance music, such as disco, really came from a funk influence. Yes, it did. It's just that funk had better balls on it. And funk uh, had like a good rock groove. Also, modern day to even when I was growing up, even till today, dance music period, its roots go back to disco. It's held on to that kind of that that beat is prevalent in dance music. Very much so. Terrible to listen to, but surprisingly fun to play. So on to a brief history of the Chicago White Sox, which will entangle into getting into the event itself. Here's something pertinent to Chicago. (laughs) I got some fun on you. I'm sorry. It's it's okay. It's New Year's Eve. (laughs) That's right. Happy New Year. Three weeks from now. (laughs) But not if you're listening to this. (coughs) Continue. 
so, um, so brief history of the Chicago White Sox. Yes. So my dad is a Cubs fan. He is. So he's a North Sider. Okay, is that how it's split up? See, I don't... North side and south side. He's from Oak Park. He was born in Oak Park. Nope. I don't know where, I'm geographically not. speaking, that is in Chicago. It's Maybe in Chicago. our Chicagoers, Chicagoans. Chicagoans. Can't answer that question. So this was a pretty low point in the history of the Chicago White Sox franchise, which has existed... 79, you said, right? Yes, 1979. um, Which, this franchise has existed since the 19th century. (laughs) The cats are... Literally fighting each other. Apologies for the cat fighting noises. They, um, it's hard to tell when they're playing and when they're fighting. Sometimes we have to separate them. They're definitely fighting, but oh well. If it continues, we'll, uh... We'll have to pause. Let, let's go on for now. So at this point, uh, the team struggled to win games and subsequ- subsequently to attract fans because, as we know, being okay. as we know, attending Carolina Hurricanes games, mm-hmm. if you go through a long stretch without winning, fewer and fewer people show up to the games. <laughs> Funny how that happens. Yeah, that, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how that happens or what the uh, reasoning is behind that. Yeah. Uh, but that's a story for that's a story for our other <laughs> our all, sports our podcast. all bad sports. <laughs> um, so people aren't showing up to the game very much. Okay, it's very small crowds, and we're talking about a city of millions of people. Yes, so they're wanting to get people in the mm-hmm. seats. Hence, promotions are key. So I would think yes. So to further piss off the local fan base. A plan to eventually move the team to Milwaukee oh. was considered, but then was turned down by the league office. Okay. But that wow. left a that left a sour taste in the mouth of So like people were upset with the White Sox management mm-hmm. that they or ownership that mm-hmm. they might allow, have allowed that. Gotcha. So, well, well they did allow it. And, well, and the league stepped in and said, No, oh, this isn't gotcha. happening. Gotcha. So So uh, that's interesting. I wonder why the was the league just like look Chicago, New York, you you guys need two teams. I didn't want to go too what? far into it, but just yeah. a brief background of it. Mm-hmm. It was a handshake deal between two different owners, and the one owner Milwaukee was and no. It was a it was a brand new owner, but he was wanting to bring a team to Milwaukee. So this was before the um, Brewers, before the Brewers. Were. yes. So when did the Brewers start? Uh, I think. Uh, well, this whole thing with moving the team to Milwaukee, we're talking in the late 60s. Oh, okay. This is way gotcha. before this. I gotcha. So it, it, but it, it plays a part into why attendance is so bad. They were not creating goodwill with their fans, no, in other words. No, not okay. at all. Um, and their attendance issues would uh, suffer well into the 1980s as well. So okay. they went through about a almost like a 20-year span of just being mm-hmm. fucking terrible. Yeah. I also feel like... When you think of Chicago, the White Sox are the second baseball team you oh, think of. Yes. I mean, if in you spite know, of Michael Jordan. If you even know they exist in the first place. <laughs> yeah. So Comiskey Park, where the team played since the opening of the stadium in 1910. Wow. Was also poorly maintained by the time of this incident and hmm. considered a relic, which also did not help to attract fans. No. So like, you'd be like, why do I want to go to a shit stadium exactly. to see a shitty team? <laughs> exactly. Whose shitty owners were about to sell the team and to Milwaukee. you can watch this whole incident on YouTube. I recommend that yeah, you do. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And not only is the team shitty, like just everything is terrible. Like the uniforms. <laughs> you and are, your uniforms. But, but even 
I have a, a, a weird obsession with uniforms. You but, have such but a even, weird obsession with uniforms. But even if you do not, <laughs> if you just look at the White Sox what uniforms, like? it looks like your uncle's like beer league softball team. They're just like super amateur. Yeah, they're terrible. So like if I were to Google, because of course I'm going to do that right now. 1970s White Sox uniforms. All right, 1970s. And I believe there was also a period of time, and I'm not even kidding, where they wore shorts, the same team. Oh, God. Yes. Oh my god, is this this is what you're thinking as far as the shorts? Yep. Why is he They oh went god. from that to pants but with the same tops. Like they they look like Is that a real lapel or is that on the t-shirt? No, no, no. It's no, it's part of the So there's a fake lapel. Yeah. It looks like a combination of a that's different. That's okay. the 80s. Um These were <laughs> Yes, those. That is really yeah. bad. Yeah, they're terrible. Oh. Yep. Like this? That's okay. exactly what so they were wearing. So it's like white Tops or shirts or whatever, but they're like extra long on some people. Strangely, they have fake dark blue. Is that what it is? Yeah, or like black? a navy. Yeah, it's a navy. Um, lapels that aren't real, and then really oddly baggy pants. But maybe that was the style then. And like it's pretty white, terrible white socks <laughs> with blue stripes. If yeah. you if you are not driving, Google nineteen seventy nine Chicago White Sox <laughs> uniforms. They're pretty terrible. They are bad. So a combination of these problems <laughs> would lead to disco de- oh, demolition God. night. So by the summer of nineteen seventy nine, disco was at its peak. Yeah, that's true. Late, like literally seventy nine was pretty much mm-hmm. that. And then you got into the disco sucks like backlash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, as it was called at the time, heavy rock music and punk rock had seen a sharp increase in interest in the glitz and glamour of the disco scene would serve as fuel to the in-your-face ethos of hard rock and punk. What? So, punk, obviously this was like the era of the Sex Pistols, CBGB, and all that. Mm-hmm. Who was considered hard rock at uh, this point? Van Halen. Oh, super yes. early Van and Halen. ACDC. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, yeah, because there was like a point where the Zeppelin era was over. Was fading, was and that was during this. before the hair metal era. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you listen to, I mean, early Van Halen is still pretty fucking good. Yeah. I mean, if you listen to their first record, to me, um, Eddie Van Halen is the guy who picked up the mantle from Jimi Hendrix. Like all of yes, how so? Uh, his uh, experimentation, like nobody was he experimenting. Sure. He was a, fuck yes. See, I find yeah. I find Eddie Van Halen highly classical. He was playing the Kreutzer Interruption. Yes, but playing it on a plugged in, well, plugged in, plugged in electric guitar, which <laughs> well, is of which is redundant. <laughs> yes, but yes, but mm. yes. to me, I. I you know That's what may have been opinion. revolutionary about what he was doing is that he was going back to, like, genuinely classical music. He was a technical player. Classical music has a huge influence on hard you rock and heavy metal. absolutely right with that, especially metal. Yes. Metal and prog it's a, are... It's a, it's a show. It's a, you know, there's a... It's it's an ensemble. It sounds... This is turning into, like, it the is. music anyway. nerd podcast, but it's we, so we, much fun. We've gone into that before. We have. Uh, and a couple of, uh, definitely during the Who episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so also at this time, radio, well, radio barely exists today, which is kind of funny. Were um, they still in the AM days at this point? 
For some stations, yes, but okay. Also, what what played into this? Um, what played into disco becoming big? Stations in 1979, radio stations were not even close to being formatted like they are today. Mm-hmm. There was no such thing as a hot AC right. or a alternative. You basically had basically radio stations would go from whatever's whatever's popular. popular. Yeah, and that's there were no. It could be pop, it could be disco, yes. it could be rock, it could be mm-hmm. whatever. Was. Whatever is popular. That's interesting. And I think FM actually started as the alternative. Yes. If I'm not mistaken. Yes, they so, did. Oh, yeah. Which was also going on at this time. And you got to remember, this is also pre-cable. There's no cable TV. There's yeah. barely, sorry, there's barely cable TV by 1979. Yeah. It's not something. Really? There, so there was cable In back 1979, then? yes. I'm not um, sure that it's it was a luxury okay. like it was some something that hardly anybody had it wasn't like when vcrs weren't around right they were not not yet laser discs not yet no, no that was way after right <laughs> that was after the vcr yeah that's right beta is the first thing i remember so mm-hmm. and that's because we were kind of still hanging on to our beta mm-hmm. which was after a v- lot, or lot, before a vcr a lot of people did that um so this backlash towards disco would catch the eye of Chicago White Sox owner Bill mm. Veck. Because he needed had, something that was going right. to promote the Sox, yeah. Veck had had a long, notorious reputation for using promotions to attract fan interest. Uh-oh. Veck reached out to local Chicago shock jock and anti-disco campaigner Steve Dahl for the promotion, which would take place between the two games of a Twi-Night doubleheader. What does that mean? On July 12th. 1979. It means both games are basically going to take place at night. The first game was scheduled for 5 o'clock. Oh, okay. Ending whenever it ended. Mm-hmm. And then the next game would probably start 8, 30, 9 o'clock to okay. whenever when that ended. ended. Yeah. Okay. It's, surprisingly, back in this time, baseball games went a lot faster than they do today. Oh, because, thank God. Well, because most teams only used one or two pitchers. That's it. Uh-huh. So. Yeah, that's... Yeah. We won't even get no, into what's wrong with baseball today. It's <laughs> fucking boring as shit. <laughs> we'll only get to, into what is wrong with this particular baseball promotion. Yeah. So, Steve Dahl was known as a morning drive radio host on the local Chicago rock station WDAI. However... On Christmas Eve, 1978, WDAI changed formats uh, from rock to disco and oh fired no. Dahl. Oh, no. So he was so, bitter as so, fuck. So do you think he might have some, sort of, some sort of preconceived notion as to a little bit. how he wants this whole little bit. promotion? He wants to stick it to the man, yeah. dude. So the promotion would go as follows. <laughs> This was the plan? This was the plan. Okay. If fans showed up to the game with a disco record, they would be able to purchase a ticket to the Twilight Doubleheader for just 98 cents. Okay. The cost was a tie-in for Steve Dahl's current radio station, 97.9 WLUP. WLUP. So he he got another gig. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, pretty much right away. And they were like, okay, let's capitalize on this. Well, no, the owner came to him, remember. Oh, okay. The owner, you know, kind of, you know, he was a local shock jock. So the owner kind of knew of who he was and was like, hey, let's get together with this guy to do something. This is my third beer, so I probably missed that. It's probably somebody else's third beer who's listening as well. Should all (laughs) the Okay. 
Um, so that makes sense, though. Like, the concept... The concept makes sense. And I'm imagining 98 cents was like five bucks or something in today's Probably, money. yeah. Like, For two games? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's pretty. Yeah. That's a pretty good deal. So they're like, if you have a... If, fucking disco album you mm-hmm. hate. Or yep. even if you can just buy one for less than the price of a ticket. Yeah, whatever. Then, yeah. yeah. So White Sox officials had hoped for a crowd of 20,000, which was about 5,000 more than the average attendance for the 1979 season. What was capacity? Um, I will get into okay. that. But think about a city of yep. millions yeah, of people. Yeah, it's a large city, Chicago. Only being able to draw 15,000 people. Four out of time. Professional baseball game. Four out of time. This is 1979. Baseball is still pretty much king of the sports land in America. Football had not yet taken over. Not right? completely. Not it was definitely gaining ground. But this and is basketball was definitely in the mix yes. too. Mm-hmm. It was this about is like to the be pre Larry Bird. Yes, MJ just days. before. Yeah. Actually, 1979, I believe, was their first season in the NBA. 79, 80. Was who um, uh, was Larry Bird? Larry Bird and Magic. They came in. Together. Oh, I meant Michael Jordan, but MJ yeah. is also Magic Johnson. That's mm-hmm. true. Uh, Jordan was 83, 83-84. i am mm-hmm. not a sports nerd at all. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, the average attendance for a game this season is fifteen thousand people. Okay. So they're expecting twenty thousand people to show like, up. Like it'll be a thirty percent, thirty-three percent increase. Instead. An estimated crowd of 50,000 people... Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. ...showed up, and thousands more continued to sneak in after the gates were closed. That's... Oh, God, no. Just a small problem. Remember you were asking me about what is the capacity? Yeah. Comiskey Park had a maximum capacity. That includes standing room. Okay. Of it was like forty three thousand nine hundred something, so I just put forty four thousand people. So they were like six thousand so plus estimated over at six thousand over, estimated. So what happened? So and also and and the cherry on top of that uh-huh. is Vec had only hired enough security guards oh no. and police for a crowd of thirty thousand. So. They're well, sh- <laughs> I mean, to their credit, they were expecting 20. They planned for 30, but they should have planned still, for capacity. They should have planned for capacity. Yeah. They I mean, still people, probably wouldn't have got, well, maybe. If people they, snuck yeah. in, that's not on them, per se. Yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, is. they should have had better security, but at but the same was, time. But this was at a time you weren't going through a metal detector. No. You were not being patted down. You were not having 9/11. to. Way before. <laughs> you weren't having to take your shoes off or anything out yeah. of your pockets yeah. so people like happen all the time off at no you don't that's <laughs> that's probably coming now oh god um so i mean just essentially what ensues is just a straight up oh, no. shit show oh, no. just the crowd was a majority of steve doll's fans who are also okay not surprisingly anti-disco so there's a bunch of basically probably there's just hormonal teenagers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mike Veck, the owner, Bill Veck's son and promotions director, recalled the smell of marijuana <laughs> and stated that for many of the fans that this was probably their Woodstock. Can I can I just briefly mention sure. something I've been meaning to mention to you? So around the corner, like past legends, there's... <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Okay. That could be any number of places. It in could, Raleigh. But, but I know what it is, and we have a Raleigh listener. There's, a, there is, a spot every time I walk by. I just smell weed. 
Oh, like, sure. Yeah. There we go. That's in basically There's any. clearly somebody who an, smokes weed there. That's in any city in America Fair at this enough. point. Um, <laughs> many of the records were not collected by staff and were thrown like flying discs from the stands during <laughs> the first <laughs> game of the doubleheader as the crowd chanted, Disco sucks. So wait. Throughout the entire game. So pe- these poor baseball players are trying to fucking do their job, play a game, and people are like throwing disco records and yelling, <laughs> yes. disco sucks? Yes, during the whole game. My guess is these were not baseball fans. They well, just I, wanted like I was that. Like I was just saying, they were they were mostly like Steve Dahl's fans. Right, right. Um, um, so the Detroit Tigers were the opponent. Okay. I, I have not mentioned that yet. On both games? Yes, because it is a doubleheader. Okay. Um, I guess I wouldn't have... If you had asked me, like, in a doubleheader, is it the same two teams every time? They do occasionally do them Split where teams. they will switch oh, up okay. the teams, but it doesn't that happen That does not often. seem fair. It no. seems like it should be the same two teams because then mm-hmm. everybody has to, pay to play two games and in a row. And for the most part, doubleheaders are make up, makeups of games that were canceled okay. earlier in the season due to rain, gotcha. stuff like okay. that. Um, so... Um, Detroit Tigers player, uh, designated hitter, Rusty Staub. Now, <laughs> think think about how there could not be a better name ever in the history of 1979 for a fucking baseball player than Rusty Staub. <laughs> Is it S-T-O-B-B? S-T-A-U-B. Oh, Staub. Rusty okay. Staub. Staub, Staub. And I, he played for a long time because I remember having several of his cards. Okay. I used to collect cards back in the day. My uncle has a pretty... My uncle's first name is Rusty, and do you remember my mom's maiden name? I'm not going to say his full no, name. No, but I do. Yeah, okay. I do. But it made me, after reading that and uh-huh. remembering that, yeah, I know who this guy is, it made me want to change my name to Rusty Stop. <laughs> <laughs> it must be fun having a nickname. You know so, what I mean? Like, if your name is something, but you're a redhead, so they call you Rusty? I don't know. No, I think, I think, this, was, I think this was his actual name. But I anyway, it. it's, a, it's, a, it's a fucking awesome name either way. Whether he came up with it or whether Rusty it's his... Rusty Stop. Yes. So, Either that'll give you tetanus. <laughs> designated hitter Rusty Stop. Okay. Recalled seeing the record slice through the air and land sticking out of the ground. I was going to say, it could potentially be a little dangerous (laughs) for the baseball players. He urged his teammates to wear their batting helmets at all times and was quoting as saying that he had never seen anything so dangerous in his life. My God. So, again, you can see this on YouTube. I mean, it's fucking nuts. Like, this, this this is a professional baseball game it's not uh, a high school or something it's not even like single a teams that play in a town of a population of ten thousand people this is the fucking major leagues in chicago the white Sox. but granted in the middle of what these professionals are trying to do people are flinging (laughs) albums at them saying disco sucks disco sucks what the fuck is wrong with and they're sticking out of the ground like it's a like Like javelins yeah like it's a fucking horror movie like it's like it's a saw movie (laughs) jesus christ what the fuck is wrong with people also as a bonus many fans also managed to sneak in their own liquor oh no in anticipation for the main event well it's chicago you know Having little to no interest in the game at all, the fans started throwing empty liquor bottles, (laughs) firecrackers, 
homemade oh, signs, no. and of course dis- disco records onto the field in between innings. No, no, no. Surprisingly, the two teams, the White Sox and the Detroit Tigers, would complete the first game. Wow, good for them. That's not not surprisingly not surprising in this era of White Sox baseball. The White Sox lost four to one. Well, so now it's time for the main event. Oh now no, it's, that now was it's, just the first <laughs> this, game. This, this is just the warm up. To the part in between the two games where they're just gonna the promotion fucking, is actually supposed to take where place. they're gonna blow up. Oh no! A bunch of fucking disco records. So we haven't even gotten to that yet. Oh my god! So buckle up, everybody. <laughs> a huge dumpster-looking wooden crate, and if you see this on YouTube, that's what it looks like. It's like how it's, big? It's you like guess? the size of a dumpster, oh, but it's okay. just a wooden crate. Okay. It's just something you can tell. Like show reps put together in like a like half from hour. Like or some shit. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly what it was in colored green. Like they probably just spray painted it on there. Oh my god. <laughs> so uh, the crate was filled with disco records and rigged with explosives. No. And fireworks. No. And was placed on the grass in center field. No. What <laughs> the fuck is wrong? So there was no wood or anything oh. underneath it to protect the field. Oh. Or mainly to muffle the explosion a little oh, bit. Jesus. So wait, it no, was just it was just a, it was a just, square. It's it wasn't just actually this, a cube. It is just or this a box. wooden thing the size Four of a walls. dumpster. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Out in center field, like just before the warning track, and they're gonna they're literally gonna blow it up. That's the whole reason it's out there. People, <laughs> so. people need to think think through. <laughs> yes. Oh my god! So then, doll. Uh, Steve Dahl, the DJ. Mm. Quick clarification: mm-hmm. Is it D A H L or D O L L? D A H L. I don't. That's completely unimportant. <laughs> I was just wondering. <laughs> for for our trigger warning, people who want to know how things are spelled. <laughs> I was the winner of the Bram Regional Spelling Bee in 1996. I finished second in the school spelling bee when I was in fourth grade. But that means you only beat... I lost to a sixth grader. I finished second. I finished first in a school that went through eighth grade. And I was in fifth grade. That's not as good as finishing second now, is it? Oh, fuck you. (laughs) Continue with your silly disco story. (laughs) Disco demolition story. Um, Happy New Year. (laughs) So then Steve Dahl, in full army fatigues. What? <laughs> yes, dressed in full army fatigues. Dre- so this is probably like a Vietnam like holdover sort of. He might have been. I, I think it, it seems to me at this type, point. Uh, iconography. It seems to me at this point pretty much everybody, adult male, had been through Vietnam in well, some form enough, or fashion. Yeah, yeah. So he drove a Jeep across, <laughs> across the outfield. Encouraging the fans to keep shouting "Disco sucks," which of course they, <laughs> Disco sucks. they of course they were more Disco than sucks. they were more than willing to do. Oh my god! White Sox starter for Game Two, Ken Kravick, had Wait, al- had already starter, begun. What do you mean? St- starting pitcher. Oh, okay. For Game pitcher. Two, okay. Because remember, this is going on in between. So he was starting two to games. warm up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's starting to warm up. Dahl then sets off the explosives, destroying the records, as promised, 
Oh my god. And tearing a large hole <gasps> in the outfield oh, grass. No. Well, yeah, because they were fucking idiots. <laughs> oh my god. There's nothing under it to protect it. Oh my god. Again, we're talking about a professional baseball organization. And a professional and, baseball and venue. Field. And yeah. venue. Yeah. And this And is, they let this happen. <laughs> and this is fucking going on. And this fucking idiot was like, yeah, let's do this shit. Oh <sighs> my god. With most of the security personnel watching the outside gates, there was almost oh, there was no. almost no one guarding the playing surface. No, no, no. An estimated five to seven thousand fans Start began to rush the field. Oh Jesus! Oh my God! This caused Kravik again warming up uh-huh. for the next game. Uh-huh. Like I have a fucking job to do, you idiots! This caused cl- caused Kravik to flee the mound. Yeah. Along with several teammates who were in the dugout and barricade themselves <gasps> inside the team clubhouse. <laughs> yeah, I'd be the same way. I'm like, yeah, I would what do. What the fuck is wrong with these like, people? Like these people are on marijuana and meth <laughs> and L- and who the f- and they're certainly on booze, all of them. Was meth around back then? Yes, it was. Yeah, okay. it was called crank. Oh, is that what crank is? Mm-hmm. Same thing. Okay, I didn't. I thought crank was speed. But no. Well, it, it kind of is, and so is meth. Well, amphetamines yes. are speed, mm-hmm. but meth is not speed. Meth is speed on drugs. Know your drugs. Know your, know your doses. <laughs> know your exits. <laughs> yes, know your exits. Definitely. <laughs> now we know our ending. Yeah, Ken, Ken Kravick, he knew his exit. He knew to get to the fucking team clubhouse. Apparently, and, like, a barricade and, and, like, that fucking, shit. Like, guys, we got to get all the two by fours. Fucking. <laughs> I'm just, can you imagine this? This is what a professional baseball team had to fucking do because of, of a stupid fucking promotion. They literally had to barricade themselves inside of their of their own. Is when there I, a when I say thirty when on I, this? There should be. When I say clubhouse, I essentially mean like the locker room. Right, right, right. You know. So. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> so just just picture that in your head yeah. that this is going on. Among those taking part in the chaos on the field. Was then 21 year old and unfortunately now deceased actor Michael Clark Duncan. Wait, 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 wait. Big black. Say, guy. I know who that is. Say that again. Michael Clark Duncan. No, no, no. So we'll repeat the whole. Uh, among those taking part in the chaos on the field was then 21 year old, unfortunately now deceased, uh-huh. actor Michael Clark Duncan. Who was dating Omarosa at the time of his death. Was he died really? in his swimming pool, I believe. Oh, I didn't know that. But I know Green he died Mile recently. Actor. Yes. Oh I, oh, I was going Armageddon. I never saw Armageddon. Oh, you missed out. I'm sure I did. Because God knows any Bruce Willis, um, Ben Affleck movie must be brilliant. They are very dreamy together. <laughs> but, um, so he, he was one of the disco sex people. Yes, he was. Michael Clark Duncan, yep. what is wrong? What was wrong with you? Uh, he was just having fun. Whatever. That makes him my yeah. parents' age. If he was 21 and 79, my parents were too. Mm-hmm. During the melee, Duncan slid into third base, had his had his belt buckle stolen, and, <laughs> and went home with a bat that he stole from the White Sox dugout. This is so bizarre. People were climbing the foul poles, burning what was left of the blown up records, pulling up the bases and stealing them. <laughs> Literally rip- stealing the bases. Yes. <laughs> Ripping up the pitcher's mound. Oh my god! And destroyed the batting cage. In an attempt to restore order, right, just fucking get this. Oh just, my god! Just put this in your mind. So people are climbing foul poles, 
uh, burning things. It's a zoo. Ripping up. It's a it's a it's a fucking riot in progress. That's that's what it is. It's just happening at a professional baseball venue. Yes. So this is happening. In an attempt to restore order. Uh oh. Harry Carey. Oh, holy cow! Saying. Take me out to the ball game. Sang, take me out to the ball game. <laughs> Which proved to be unsuccessful. He was singing it to kind of calm everybody. He was trying everybody. to get everybody involved. That's kind of cute. But as the... I, I saw this video on SB Nation, which okay. if you're a sports fan or just a fan of kind of comedy, mm-hmm. um, follow their YouTube channel. And urinating to you like yes. too. Mm-hmm. But... Can you imagine, just just picture all this. People are climbing foul poles, just all sorts, of, and somebody's singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Take me out to the ball game. It's like that one scene in that one uh, 70s movie, A Clockwork Orange, uh, singing oh, in the rain. singing in the rain. And, oh, God, and the, yeah. Yeah, we won't and get into... And there's a whole rape scene going on simultaneously. Yeah, that's pretty horrific. Yeah. I only saw Popcorn Orange once. That's all you need to see it. it that is correct. So it's like the, that is like the, that ju- weird the juxtaposition. juxtaposition. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It's just a bizarre. The bizarre whole thing. Scene. I mean, this, this whole thing, like I said, is just a... Surreal. It's just a giant shit show. Yeah. Sounds like it. Uh, Shock Jock Steve Dahl also offered his help to get rowdy fans to leave, but it was also proven unsuccessful. Yeah. I mean, at this point, you've unleashed this riot. So, like, what the fuck? You've unleashed drunken idiots who want to see disco records blown up at the low cost of 98 cents. Jesus. (laughs) So, at roughly 9.08 p.m., Mm-hmm. Chicago police, in full riot gear, oh, God. arrived to the applause of the few remaining baseball fans. So there were like people who were like, thank you, we want to see the actual game, please. And the crowd on the field began to disperse. 39 people were arrested for disorderly conduct. I, I too, have actually been arrested for that exact same thing. Wait, 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 which incident was that? Was that, would that, be, that would be that would be the Beach? the second time I got arrested oh in Myrtle Beach. Because the first time was for um, underage drinking. underage possession of alcohol. Now was that when Carl bailed you out? Yes, it was. Who bailed you out the second time? Uh, that was the time where uh, drunk Bob and Jason. Oh, that's right. I've heard that story. Who I was praying one of them would answer the phone. Yep. Came and got me. There are so but many. That was the, uh, See, everybody but that just, was the charge I was given, given was disorderly conduct. Just so everybody realizes. <laughs> when it comes to life stories. <laughs> I may have the most fucked up ones because I was raised evangelical, but David has the most interesting ones because <laughs> he did shit that I didn't do. That's just a little New Year's uh, Easter egg for you. Yeah, to put it this way, um, we could only have met and got married oh and falling, fallen in love at one specific time. Thankfully, we got the timing right. Seriously, if we had met... <laughs> Quite literally, one like two even years like earlier. even like even five years earlier. Would oh, have five been. years earlier! Yeah. Forget it. I yeah. would have written you off yeah. as a fucking asshole. Yeah, you you would have been correct. But I love you. <laughs> Happy New Year. I love you too. <laughs> I think. <laughs> no, of course I love you. 
God, that was that was so ta- that is so tacky. Yeah. This is devolving so poorly. Continue. It's already. I mean, we're talking about disco demolition night. Oh the, my God. the whole production is is about de-evolution, uh, including our own podcast. So let's continue. So. Um, estimates of injury range from zero people to, <laughs> to over 30. <laughs> so, <laughs> Some people may yeah, have gotten hurt. Yes. Let's call it that. Yes. Um, the, the game was initially postponed, the second game, okay. because they could not play it due to the field conditions yeah. because people had ripped out the bases, <laughs> blown a hole in fucking center field, <laughs> completely fucked up. I mean, it's just fucking chaos. <laughs> So initially the game was postponed, but rightfully so, the Detroit Tigers said, fuck that. We were, we're already there. Back. We're not going to come back to make yeah. up this game that they fucked up. And, and they it was s- already kind of a makeup game potentially, right? Yes, of like, most likely. Yeah, yeah. Because it's a, it's a doubleheader double in, in the middle of the summer. Okay. You know, usually they save those for like the early fall. But yeah, most likely the Detroit Tigers were like, "Yeah, we're not fucking playing like, like on, you we're guys." Not fuck, back. like your team sucks anyway. It doesn't matter if you have a forfeit <laughs> loss. You're not fucking doing anything. Plus, Detroit and Chicago seems like a rivalry. Are they not the Tigers? Re- and not the really. Sox? Are they in the same league? They are. They're in the American League, okay. but they both have like few like little spats of success. But but nothing. suck in between. Gotcha. So it's not so, like a rivalry or anything. Not, okay. Not really. Not like it should be. I, I kind of never thought of it that way, mm. but yeah, those cities are not very far apart. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the incident would ultimately achieve its goal as disco began to fade as a popular <laughs> music trend Wait. shortly after Disco Demolition Night took place. Sorry, but really quick, did they end up playing the game? The second game? No, no, no. What I was just saying, like, they initially postponed the second right. game. And then Detroit said no, just, and the league called it a forfeit. So oh, they okay. charged. I'm sorry, I no, missed okay. that for some reason. I guess I should have explained that. But well, I'm two and a half beers into a six percent beer mm-hmm. in. <laughs> beer in. I did not hear that part. <laughs> so the the socks, the White Sox, um, wound up being charged with a loss for the second game. Gotcha. The, the game was never played. So the, the Tigers were like, "Wait, we're not coming back for this shit." Yeah. So they're like, "Okay, well then." The White Sox. Yeah, they were like, they're like, we had nothing to do with why we're not playing this game. Yeah, proceed. Happy New Year. So yes, but but part of uh, the decline of disco. Yeah. Always starts with this incident. This was kind of the. This is kind of the beginning of the end. Looking back on it. This well, is this is kind of the beginning of the end of disco. It's hard to know if it w- still would have happened regardless, but because by 1980, 1981, yeah, disco it, it was gone. Much, yeah, there's a great near the end of Freaks and Geeks. Um, they, yes, they, yeah, they hit exactly. on this, the decline yes. of disco, and it was yeah, it was around that time. I mean, disco is always a short. Anyway, I'm gonna let you finish. Oh, I'm gonna let you finish. Oh, thank like you. Kanye said, this is the second episode in a row I've mentioned Kanye, but continue. <laughs> That's ridiculous, but but uh, but that is all to say mm-hmm. that was Disco Demolition Night. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, what a <laughs> fucking shit. Show like that's what I that's what I was saying like early on like this is kind of fun to do mm-hmm. like yeah there were some injuries but not nobody was well you know, zero to thirty apparently yes either zero or thirty I'm gonna guess it was probably uh, like zero to a hundred probably more <laughs> I, I'm guessing at least a few people got some bumps and scrapes and but such when I hear but it makes me think of 
um, which I've said 10 times already. When I hear about, because I'll see like on ESPN or something like that, everyone, like an investigation to fan violence, like <gasps> that, like talking about like current events, I'm like, I'm like, have you people watched sporting events that took place in like the 60s and 70s? I mean, there were literal riots. Yes, yeah. like it's it doesn't. What happens today? Oh, a few people got in a fight in the parking lot. Doesn't hold a candle. Apparently not. It's not even close. Just look at. Well, that's that's. And, and I'm not even talking about soccer. I'm talking about just North no, American gotcha. sports yeah. fan riots. That's something that, like you know, people are all about terrorism in a post 9-11 world but it's like you do realize that in the 70s there were hijackings on the reg oh yeah like and, ridiculous and, and, and bombings in new york city on the regular yeah <laughs> as well you're so cute <laughs> um or on the reg as the kids like thank to say. you but um yeah that's that's that was a great story. Again, not we're not talking about a single A affiliate or a double A affiliate or a triple A affiliate. Just trying to we're talking about major league baseball, the cream of the crop, mm-hmm. the, the best players in the world. And this is what happened <laughs> in between games because their team was so terrible that they, they, had they, to try they just and get they had to find to any excuse to get people to come to their games. Oh my god! And it resulted in a in a riot. And this is why you should be a Cubs fan instead of a White Sox fan. <laughs> I'm saying that for the sake of my dad, who is a Cubs fan. But The only time really in history that the Cubs fans have really lost their shit mm-hmm. was the Steve Bartman thing. Oh, that's, yes. That's really the what only... What was the 30 cause, cause, for 30 on that? Or was uh, it a 30 for 30 They did do that? one. I can't remember they what it was called. But, Not um, foul ball, but it was something like that. Yeah, I think it was that actually. Was it called that? But uh, Wrigley Field is, pretty amazing. is known as the friendly confines, like for a reason. Uh-huh. Like people are generally kind of go with the flow. Well, maybe. But that night, like Cubs fans like lost their shit. Like they'd finally like they almost killed the f- poor guy. Yeah, because ninety because ninety five years of not winning a championship, it'll it'll do that to you. They've won <laughs> since, right? Yes, they won in two thousand sixteen. Oh, okay. I was like, it was recent-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we watched all the videos of people who had... Oh, that's right! Had their beer 32 from, year like... 32-year-old <laughs> beers from the last time that the... Yeah. That's right. But, um, well, maybe we'll finally get to take you to Chicago this summer. There's a potential of that. Because my dad is from Chicago, and his cousins live there. Or his cousin and his aunt lives there. And uh, she's been talking about getting some of the family together. And if my dad goes, I'll go. And if I go, I've never been I to Chicago. I've, I've been to Chicago's airport several times, but uh, that's it. I've only been to no, O'Hare. Chicago's a fun city. I'm sure it is. Chicago's a very it's fun the, city. Uh, it's the New York City of the Midwest. Midwest, yeah. But it's not. It's not New York City either. No, of course not. Like, it has its own culture. Yeah, it's it's fun. You would love a deep dish. Yeah. I'm. I've as, had it. I've had it before. Chicago deep dish? Well, I'm not talking about just like you went to a place that said they have deep dish. I mean, you've been no, to no, no. Chicago. It's like a, no, I have not. I've not mm-hmm. been in Chicago and mm-hmm. had their deep dish. You'll like which, that. Which is a good point because there are, because there's a difference between New York pizza and a pizza in New York City. Yes. Now, I being a vegan, 
there are some things that I'm glad I got to experience prior to being a vegan, and Chicago deep dish pizza is one of them. We even got mozzarella, fried mozzarella sticks for our <laughs> To go with your deep dish pizza. Oh, my God. I was full and, for and like then, two and then days had, And then had that. triple bypass surgery after right, that. pretty much. Well, I was like 17 at like the time. At, anyway. at, all t- at all times, they make sure a doctor is eating in there <laughs> just, in case, just in case somebody has a heart attack. Also, the Chicago Diner, one of the best vegan places in the world. Oh. So, and they make brilliant vegan milkshakes. I remember that. But yes, because... Wrigley Field, obviously not the White Sox. Do the White Sox still play at Kaminsky? They do not. Um, what is now, I think it's still known as U.S. Cellular Field. Oh, it's one of those branding it's, things. It's changed names like four or five times, but it opened in 1991. Oh, okay, so it was different from this mm-hmm. field. Gotcha. But that's also become like Where a, is it? On the south side of Chicago. Okay. Somewhere. Well, Wrigley, I know, is like literally you're driving down the street and all of, a, all of a sudden it's like, oh, there's Wrigley. Like, it's just in the middle of everything. It's it's kind of, it's interesting. But yeah, hopefully we'll get well, to Well, the model Wrigley of, um, the model of early professional American sports was modeled a little bit after England because hmm. the, the UK with their local soccer clubs... Basically, every neighborhood had its own team. Hmm. And mm-hmm. uh, all of the earliest professional sports teams are from the same five, five or six cities. Chicago, uh, New York LA, City, New York. Chicago, Boston, Philadelphia, uh, Washington, D.C., um, Cleveland as well. Oh, that's true, because it would have been East Coast and Midwest, mm-hmm. not West. Yeah. No. Until later, yeah. No. Uh, for the sense. longest time... The St. Louis Cardinals were the furthest West team in baseball until the 1960s. You know what I love about this episode? Everyone's gotten to hear my music nerdness and your sports (laughs) nerdness. And it's revealed a whole different side of us. Two things that they never asked for. They're like, fuck you. I'm fucking done. Yeah, they've already stopped listening like 10 minutes ago. So I would like to raise a glass or can. Do you have anything left in that? I do, yeah. Okay. Let's take a swig. Raising the glass. To all of you, our listeners, as we end 2018, (laughs) we have often said that we would be doing this even if two people were listening. But I said 10. Yeah, okay. Because if it came to the two people listening, it would just be us. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, but it's so much more fun knowing that you're out there. And we love talking with you. We love interacting with you. You guys are really awesome. Yes. And it's been so much fun. And this has been 78 episodes. No, that's fucking insane. It's a- it's crazy. It's just ridiculous. And it is also our, well, it is the last one that will come out in 2018. Mm-hmm. We are recording this one as of uh, December 12th. Right. Which I think we mentioned before mm-hmm. or whatever. But uh, as far as recording and things that are going to come out this year, we're done. We are done. We've, at work, so we've we worked gotta, ahead for once. <laughs> for, the, for the first time in a while. Yeah. We were like 10 episodes ahead at one point. Yeah. Yes, we were early on. Then that, we went, then that went to shit really oh, yeah, quick. We knew that it was going to happen, but <laughs> a honeymoon was part of the part of the reason for that. Yes, but we appreciate you. 
We love the live tweeting. We love the messages. We love the suggestions. We love the interaction. You guys are awesome. If you have made it to the end of this, <laughs> then you are one of the awesome ones. Yes. And we so the, appreciate the, it. The, the, the seven of you that did. Exactly. Thank you very much. Thanks, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we sure hope that your 2019, all of our 2019s are a great year. Yes. We resolve to put every, out... Every Monday morning. Yep. Every Monday. We've done it for a year and a half, and we have no intention in the immediate future of stopping this at any point. So 2019 is going to see our 100th episode, our two-year anniversary, the whole bit. It's going to be a big year for us. Yes, it will. So... Um, we are looking forward to it, and we Very hope, much. and we hope you are. We know you are. Yes, dear listeners. Yes, because you are awesome. Yes. So that was the death to. Disco. <laughs> what was the name of it? Tell me again. Disco demolition night. Disco demolition but I, night. But I like now. I think near, I'm going to call near, it. Near, near. I think I'm going to call it now. Death to disco demolition night. That makes it even better. <laughs> Death to Disco Demolition Night. Yes. Once again, this has been All Bad Things. I'm Rachel. I'm David. We'll see you next week and next year. And... In the meantime, know your exits.